Listen to The Barry Morgan Show. Live weekdays noon to 3 on CJAD 800 and CJAD.com. Take a look at this week's new movies with Richard Krause of The Richard Krause Show here on CJAD Saturdays at 5 o'clock in the afternoon because we want him to sleep in a little bit after watching all those movies. How are you, Richard? I'm good. How are you? Did you see the uh, story the other day about, uh, was it Tom Hanks? Uh, photo bombing somebody's wedding or something like that. Yeah, he has a habit of he and Bill Murray of showing yeah. up at uh, odd places and uh, you know photo bombing and um, that kind of thing. I think it's hilarious. It is the kind of thing. I when we got married, we got married in New York, and just afterwards, uh, we went out and got some pictures taken in Times Square. It wasn't quite photo bombing, but uh, the most epic wedding photograph ever is my wife, Andrea, and I with Chewbacca, Iron Man, and Catwoman. <laughs> it's, an, it's a great photo. That was in your hotel room, I think. Not in, That's uh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of movies to get to, including this one, which I think a lot of people are, are looking forward to, Richard. It's called uh, Deepwater Horizon, and we have, uh, well, for all the movies, more often than not, we have some sound, and here is a clip from Deepwater Horizon. monster. Like the mean old dinosaurs all that oil used to be. So for 300 million years, these old dinosaurs have been getting squeezed tighter and tighter and tighter. We get it. Just use two tighters. Then Dad and his friends make a hole in their roof. Yeah. And these mean old dinosaurs can't believe it. Free it up. So they rush to the new hole. Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, this is uh, Mark Wahlberg and John Malkovich and all sorts of people uh, that are retelling the story of the Deepwater Horizon British Petroleum oil spill and explosions uh, that rocked the coast of Louisiana not so long ago. So <clears throat> this is literally ripped out of recent headlines. And, you know, as an action movie, this works quite well. You spend an hour getting to know Mark Wahlberg. He's the chief engineer on the Deepwater Horizon, this giant oil rig uh, that's pumping thousands of, of gallons of, of oil out of, the, uh, out of the Louisiana coast. You get to meet him. You get to meet his adorable little daughter, whose voice we just heard. Kate Hudson is his wife. Uh, and then you get to meet some of the other people that are working on the ship, including the villain of the piece, played by John Malkovich. What a shock, a, I guess. Huh? A, a, a BP oil executive who says, oh, don't do all the tests. You're just wasting your time. Let's just get down there and start drilling. And then, of course, all hell breaks loose when pressure builds up because they didn't do one crucial test. And uh, literally, it starts a, a chain reaction of explosions and fire that, that devastate the, this giant oil rig, kill 11 people, and dump thousands of gallons into the Gulf Coast, making it the worst oil disaster in the history of the United States. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you meet the first you know, the, the first hour you meet everybody, and then in the last 40 minutes, the screen erupts into fireball after fireball after fireball. And? And for me, I mean, if you go just expecting a you-are-there kind of look at what it might be like to have all this erupting around you, it works quite well. And the 40 minutes is dramatic and it is intense. You almost feel like you're getting singed by the fireballs as they fly off the screen. Um I, I, I didn't really care about the characters all that much, and I think the, the downfall of this movie for me is that you have uh, an hour to get to know everybody, 
And even though they've spent that amount of time with it, none of them are uh, so remarkable, except I would say maybe for the John Malkovich villain character, mm-hmm. um, that when it all starts to go down, you still don't really care all that much. The spectacle of it is quite something, but as a tribute to the 11 men who lost their lives, you see them at the end of the film. There's a little in-memoriam role at the end of the film. Uh, it doesn't really work, and I thought it was odd that a movie about the worst ecological disaster in U.S. history makes virtually no mention of the fact that it was the worst ecological disaster in U.S. history. I guess I'm more interested in the uh, you know, the, the spectacle of it, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, John Malkovich, has he ever played a nice guy? <laughs> it's pretty rare. It's pretty few and far between. I, I know I've I interviewed him a few times, yeah. and, and even uh, when he's not acting, he's still a pretty intimidating guy. Is he an odd duck in person? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. I interviewed him once uh, in New York in a in a hotel room, and, and I showed up uh, dressed for TV. We were doing this for TV, and, and he said, I want you to stop right there. And he made me stand in the middle of the room, and then he said, everyone pay attention to how this man is dressed. This man is dressed in a suit and a tie, even though it's 100 degrees outside. This man came for work. This man came because he wants to be taken seriously, sitting across from me. And, of course, I look around at all the camera people and the sound people and everyone. They're all wearing jeans and T-shirts and that kind of thing. And the only two people in the room wearing suits are me and John Malkovich. And it was horrifying. Well, they loved you, I guess, right? (laughs) (laughs) That kind of happened to me once. I walked into a room and somebody said, are you really going to wear that? Um, All right. Uh, 140, uh, what is it, 143. This is uh, some audio from uh, a Tim Burton movie. Jake, right on time. Miss Peregrine, delighted to meet you. He's invisible. Of course. We're what's known in common parlance as peculiar. Claire, why aren't you eating? She's embarrassed in front of Jake. Don't be. Because our abilities don't fit in the outside world. We live in places like this. This sounds like something that would have been written by J.K. Rowling, although it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, And it it does have that kind of Harry Potter-esque feel to it. It's based on a series of books. It's called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Uh, It is the latest Tim Burton movie. And it kind of feels like X-Men Light or maybe, you know, Baby X-Men or something like okay, that. Okay, okay. It is the story of a young guy named Jake, played by Azza Butterfield in the movie, and he has grown up listening to stories that his grandfather has told him uh, about these wild adventures that he went on all over the world. In particular, though, these adventures that he had when he lived at this home for peculiar children on a remote island. They go, uh, or his grandfather passes away, and in his last words he says, you have to go to the island, go to the island. Of course, the young boy goes there, finds the home, the peculiar thing about it is not just that there's a little girl who is made of air and sort of floats away like a balloon or that there's a boy who's made of bees or there's an invisible person. None of that, I mean, it's peculiar. But the most peculiar thing about the whole thing is that it exists in a time warp, in a time loop. So it's always the same day in 1943, every day, all day. Didn't they make a movie about that with Bill Murray? Well, different different, different plot, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea of it is that eventually they're going to come out of this time loop and what's going to happen then. And the first hour of this movie is quite wonderful, and it 
sets up the story nicely, and Tim Burton uses, instead of big uh, CGI, computer-generated imagery yeah. effects, he actually does some you know, really cool stop-motion animation and things like that. And then in the second hour, it just becomes a little bit too long feeling, and the effects aren't quite as charming. Okay, so not the greatest review so far for uh, Deepwater Horizon, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Maybe that'll improve with, right now we're taking a look at some new movies this week with film critic Richard Krauss, and so far uh, Deepwater Horizon, which Richard kind of gave uh, kind of not bad, I guess. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, no, it's, it's fine for action fans. And for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, more or less the same kind of review. Yep. Not overly enthusiastic. But maybe that'll change uh, for this picture. It's called Imperium. I need an informant. Get in there and make a difference. We are a thinking man soldiers. First here, and then here. We know where you live. I don't have the skills for this. I can't even defend myself. You do have the skills. Try relating to these guys as human beings. Let me see what we want to see. But just because you're not looking at something... Get your hands off me. Doesn't mean it's not there. This is a movie called Imperium, starring, among others, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, and your enjoyment of this movie will be directly linked to your ability to get past the idea of Harry Potter as a white supremacist. <laughs> oh, oh, he plays the supremacist. Well, he plays an FBI agent who goes deep. Oh, the undercover, deep yeah. undercover. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, to sort of get to the bottom of a plot of of hardcore extremists who are planning on, on uh, detonating a dirty bomb. And, you know, he goes through uh, several layers of... of these hate groups. There's, you know, the KKK and there's some neo-Nazis. There's all sorts of people. The most terrifying uh, person that he comes up against, though, uh, isn't, you know, wearing a, a, a Nazi uniform or anything. He's a family man. He is someone who, if someone swears in his presence, you know, makes them apologize. We don't use language like that around here and that sort of thing, except he is filled with rage and hate uh, and is the one who's wealthy and he's funding all this activity. Uh, he's played by Sam Trammell, who you may remember uh, from the show uh, True Blood. He was the, the fellow that could change into any animal imaginable. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, he's terrifying. This movie is quite good. Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor. He has proven himself over and over again. He has proven that he is not afraid to take chances, and he takes on edgy roles in loads of different kinds of movies. Uh, in this one, what I think is missing from this film is just the idea of kind of the psychology of these hate groups. It might have been a more interesting film if we really sort of started to peel back some of the layers as to why these people are so filled with the hate that engulfs them. Right. Instead, it's more of a pot boiler. Will he get caught? Will he find out? Do, are they on to him? And that's the, the main sort of narrative thread that keeps the thing going. And as such, it works fine. But it could have been a great movie, I think, uh, if there was a, just a little bit more nuance and depth to it. That move, that, that review makes me want to see Betrayed with uh, with Tom Berenger again. Uh, yeah, and or the, the Believer with Ryan Gosling is another film that sort of breathes the same kind of air as this one in terms of it dealing with hate groups and, and that sort of thing. But it, they do so in a much more uh, nuanced way. Yeah, I was a big fan of Betrayed. Uh, I don't think I saw that. What was the other one you just mentioned? It's called The Believer. Yeah, that and I haven't it's, uh, seen. Ryan Gosling, okay. who plays a young Jewish man who's also a neo-Nazi, 
and it's based on a true story. And it's uh, 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 one of the, the performances that made Ryan Gosling a star after he left the, uh, the Disney uh, Musketeers. And he took a few years off, grew up just a little bit, and then turned into this character. And it's uh, chilling. This movie is called The Lovers and the Despot. Film people, that's not what you would expect. Kim Jong-il thought of himself as an artiste. It was a sensation. Shin Sang-ok shooting a film for North Korea. He was full of ambition, speaking of a studio which he was building. Tapes of Shin talking with Kim Jong-il. Now, at that time, no one had ever heard Kim Jong-il say anything. Yeah, what do you think of this movie, Richard? Well, this is a documentary of, of uh, just a wild story. And the, the show business, you know, the film biz is filled with wild stories, but there's, there's very few that can kind of equal this one. So you have uh, a very glamorous couple from South Korea who are a director and a star. They're kind of the Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor of South Korea. Okay. Um, now, you know, behind the scenes, things aren't so good. They've divorced and, and he's going broke. But in the North, Kim Jong-il is looking at them and he says, well, you know, these people know how to make movies. My movies, the movies we make in the North, are all the same. You know, it's as if they're in college and we're still in nursery school in gotcha. terms of the movies he makes. How do we get them here? How do we lure them here? Well, we don't lure them here. We, we kidnap them. Sure. And so he kidnaps them and they are uh, <laughs> in the North for eight years. And they make 17 movies uh, with Kim Jong-il. They travel to film festivals all over the world. And just when they have gained his trust, just when he thinks that you know they are fully on board with him, they make a run for it and, and uh, get asylum. And they end up in Europe and then back into in, uh, South Korea and then to Hollywood. And this is a, a fascinating story that's part romance, part show business tell-all, and part thriller. And I like this a lot. The storytelling uh, in terms of the filmmaking is a little straightforward. We kind of start at A and work our way to B, C, D, and so forth. Uh, but it's such a, a wild story. I think that it's, uh, it's worth a look. Best one of the week, it sounds like. I think so. I mean, it's certainly the most unexpected one of the week. And sometimes, you know, fact is stranger than fiction. And even though Deepwater Horizon is based on true events, uh, this story is uh, the story of the two lovers and the despot is so over the top uh, that you won't believe the, the twists and turns in it. After we were talking about uh, Tim Burton's latest effort, somebody texted Tim Rehash Burton. He hasn't had an original idea since Beetlejuice. Is that fair? Well, I mean, it's. I think Big Eyes probably was uh, an attempt to break out of the the thing that he does. But here's the thing, you know, when a, a fresh new kind of vision comes along and makes movies like Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice and, and, and movies like that, we all stand back and go, wow, we've never seen anything like these movies before. He's got uh, a sense of style about him that we've never seen and, and a sense of storytelling. Sure. And then when that becomes his style and we get used to it, we get jaded about it. And, you know, whether or not he's had any new ideas, I don't know. Or is he just rem a remarkably consistent filmmaker who, you know, has a point of view and a very consistent one? He sticks to his lane, kind of like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of uh, what's his name from that other movie there. Uh, man Alive. You know him. You, you know him. He's a very famous director and a f man. I'm just. Uh, 
John Travolta was in his. No, I know John Travolta was in his movies with uh, Clinton. How did you Quentin Tarantino? Thank you very much. Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. Tarantino again is someone who's a stylist, you know, and 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 so I think what you have here is is uh, someone who you know maybe hasn't uh, changed that much in terms of of uh, a visual style, but certainly, you know, the movies have gotten bigger. I don't know that they've necessarily gotten better over the years, but, you know, if you look back a couple of years ago, we made this movie called Big Eyes. A lot of people missed it, uh, and it's an interesting uh, story that, that harkens back to the early days of his work, like Ed Wood and, you know, movies yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, thank you as always. Thanks, Barry. Terrific stuff. Uh, Richard Krause, host of The Richard Krause Show, and Jay, how you got that? I have no idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> talk about Dr. Knowledge, who we talked with earlier this hour. I, what did I give? What hints did I give, or even clues? John Travolta, director. Yeah. He directed John Travolta in a well, it's movie. Well, because John Travolta hasn't done that much work without... without I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I thought uh, that. Well done. Uh, that's weird. Jay just picked up the save. It's 158. Follow Barry Morgan 8 and CJAD 800 on Twitter. You're listening to the voice of Montreal. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, a division of Bell Media. Relive the excitement of Major League Baseball in Montreal. The Toronto Blue Jays will host the Pittsburgh Pirates on March 31st and April 1st at the Olympic Stadium. Tickets starting as low as $18. Tickets on sale Saturday at noon at eventco.ca. Dude! I hear you have a guy. A guy for half price certificates for great restos. Not a guy. Then what? I got a date with Julie and want to show her I got. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800, CJAD.com.